Hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode of At The Movies with William Fletcher. As per usual, I am your host, William Fletcher, and this, uh, sorry, I, this is my, I've been trying to get this all set up and started recording all this and get this all done and so I can have this episode out for you guys today. Uh, and uh, my setup, again, I'm still not able to use my usual setup, uh, that is indisposed as we currently speak. So I, you know, I'm not able to get to that location, my usual location to record, so I had to sort of get a makeshift one so the audio, hopefully it sounds good, I think I've done the best with what I can do, but I hope that you are all, uh, yeah, I hope you all had a very good New Year's, I hope you all had a very good Christmas as well, uh, and so yeah, this, I think it being, you know, the 1st of January of the new year of 2022, I will be talking about the films that I watched, uh, in the past month of December 2021. Now, this will be one of the more shorter episodes of, of this sort of series I do, because a lot of these films I covered in my review of the year episode that went out earlier this week, because a lot of them were honourable mentions, or they were in my top 10 of the year, or my guests' top 10 of the year. So I probably won't talk about them too much, or and some of these will be in either upcoming episodes or episodes that I've already had released. So I want to tr- still try and get this to around 20 minutes, maybe. Uh, I don't know if I can... <coughs> sorry. If I can get to that, but I guess we'll just see how it goes. So uh, the first one I watched in a month was... Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, the which was the, which then led to the TV show. Uh, I did an entire episode on that and the TV show as well. If you want to go check that out, but to sort of uh, simply boil it down, I think the movie is rather poor. I think it doesn't really do justice to, and it's a kind of amazing that we got you know such a great TV show out of it, and that they were willing to sort of take the gamble on the TV show. Uh, yeah, then we've got 28 Days Later and 28 Weeks Later. That is, will be for an upcoming episode, so I'm going to not say anything. But I definitely liked one of them, and the other not so much. Then I watched the new <coughs> Diary of a Wimpy Kid film that was released on Disney+. Plus. It's, uh, it's like an hour, it's like 50 minutes, 57 or something, like less than an hour long. Yeah, it was pretty disappointing. I re- Earlier this year, I rewatched. All the Wimpy Diary of Wimpy Kid films, the live action ones. I think the first one is fine. The second and third one are pretty decent, actually. And the most recent live action one was very poor. I uh, did not really care for it. And this one, I didn't really care for it. I kind of feel like maybe we should just stop trying to make Wimpy Kid films. They're not really working, you know? And it's, yeah, it's a bit weird because the books are st- you know, they're still writing books, still releasing them, and the books are going doing incredibly well. I reread some of them earlier last year just to see if they still held up and I still fairly enjoyed them. They weren't like the most amazing things ever, but I still pretty solid and I did rather like them. <coughs> uh, but it was just poor. The animation style was very weird. I got what they were sort of trying to go for with the whole um, making it look like the books, but that actually I think is a bad idea. And you shouldn't do that because it looks strange, and it's just a you know it's just really weird, isn't it? But that bit—it's not like it's the worst film in the world, 
But it's certainly not, you know, the... I, the, like, the best the you know, best way to put it is, like, it's... If you don't watch it, you will not be missing out. Because it's just not worth watching. And I more watched it for the sake of <clears throat> the uh, sort of uh, morbid curio- curiosity is the best way to put it. Then after that, I watched Belfast, which uh, is a the new Kenneth Branagh film. It's, it's going to be a big contender at the Oscars this year. I have a feeling it will probably get nominated for, like... Eight Oscars, maybe you know, it'll probably get you know, picture, director, like three acting nominations, screenplay, cinematography because it's black and white, you know, maybe editing as well, production design, you know, <clears throat> you know, it's uh, it's a decent film. I'll probably talk about it more when it comes to the Oscar season, but I thought it was a perfectly decent film, and I probably won't watch it again because I uh, didn't really care for it too much. Not bad, and I, I mean, I do. If you do, if it seems interesting to you, I, you should check it out. It's essentially about. It's loosely based off the director Kenneth Branagh's life when he was a kid. It's sort of like a, it, it you know. So I mean, if if you're interested in watching that, I do recommend that you go check it out. Uh, especially if you know, it's because it's probably going to get nominated for Best Picture, and I do recommend that you go see it just to see, you know. You know, make your own interpretation and your own sort of opinion on the whole thing. And, yeah. Although it is in black and white, which doesn't really serve as the story. It just kind of feels like, ooh, black and white. Ooh. And that's it, really. It's just in black and white, because it can be. Then there's... Then, I watched Home Sweet Home Alone. I don't think I need to really talk about it because I think everyone and their mum has talked about how this film fails as a film and how poor it is and I don't really think, you know, I'm going to be saying something that you probably haven't heard already. It just, it sucks. It, it fails. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. It's a bad film because, like, I love the original Home Alone. Home Alone 2 is pretty decent, actually. Uh, three is fine, and I don't think four is the worst one. I haven't seen five, but, you know, they're all pretty... I mean, they just... It just fails. The I, I don't like the kid in it. I think that's a big part of why the film fails. I think I... He's played by Archie Yates, who is in Jojo Rabbit, and I believe I touched on him in my Jojo Rabbit episode that I did on this podcast way back when. I think back in April, maybe even May where I talked about how, I mean, he's probably one of the worst child actors working, and that feels like it's not, and it feels like, you know, a, a lot of people are like, oh, old child actors were bad, but he's, like, really bad. Like, to a point of, like, he's not just a bad actor. Like, the way he's written makes him seem like a, an unlikable prick. You know, like, he's a fucking douche. And it's just sort of like... Why do I want? How can why can, how can I root for a kid who's this much of an ass? You know, like like Kevin in the original Home Alone. Yeah, he's a he's incredibly rude to his family, but he's not like malicious or anything. He's still you know he he doesn't seem like he's an asshole. He seems like he's just you know a bit of a a kid. But this you know this Archie, and plus his voice is bloody annoying. It's, it, he's 
it, it, I, I had that in Jojo Rabbit, where the where Roman Griffin Davis, who is probably the best part of that film, is trying, is at least attempting to do a German accent. But this kid isn't. He's just like, oh, Jojo, good for you, Jojo, you know. Uh, but we touched on this in uh, my review of the year episode as well, dogging on this film. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, no, it's not. It's not very good. <clears throat> Uh, then after that, I, so a lot of uh, the end of the year was me t- was just watching some, catching up on some films that I missed, because I haven't had the you know, time to see films, so I watched Free Guy, which we covered in a review of the year episode. A perfectly solid Ryan Reynolds comedy, I like some of the video game elements they did with it, I thought there were some fun, funny jokes, the Chris Evans joke in particular was really good. Uh, I thought Ryan Reynolds was was pretty solid in I mean, but it is Ryan Reynolds. He's good. I think Taika Waititi was bad, but I think he's a bad actor. I think he's bad in pretty much everything I've seen him in. <clears throat> Although he was pretty decent in What We Do in the Shadows, but like besides that, it's not. It's yeah. Besides that, he's not really impressed me. <clears throat> and. Yeah, so then, there's, then I watched Ron's Gone Wrong, a new animated film that came out on Disney Plus that was in theaters. It's about this kid, voiced by uh, Jack Dylan Grazer, who gets like a robot, who he, all these people have got like a robot toy. Well, it's not a toy, it's like a robot, like sort of helper. <clears throat> but it's very, it's more like a whole thing of. You know, like, oh, there's this toy that, you know, everyone, you know, but here's this damage, and so it's a bit off, and it acts up, because it's, you know, broken, and he's voiced by Zach Galifianakis, who I thought was pretty fun. I thought Zach Galifianakis was pretty funny in it. But, uh, other than that, it was, it was, it was, like, solid family entertainment, but it's it's definitely not something I would want to, you know, watch again. Now... In comparison, here's something I would definitely love to watch again. Last Night in Soho, one of my most anticipated films of the year. I unfortunately did not get to see it in cinemas, which was which is a big disappointment. Uh, but I so I watched it at home, and it was fantastic. It uh really, it's probably one of Edgar Wright's weakest films. I I would probably put all the Cornetto trilogy and. Scott Pilgrim at like a minimum above it. I don't know if I'd put Baby Driver above it. I need to watch Baby Driver again. But it's definitely weaker than the Cornetto trilogy and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. But it's a very, very good film. Uh, Thomas and McKenzie and Anya Teller Joy and Diana Rick as well are all fantastic in the film. The There's a big twist in it that I think I kind of predicted. Well, I was sort of a bit like. I had sort of a prediction of like, okay, I was like, there's probably going to be a twist, and I felt like it was going to be either this thing or this thing, and there's something that happens that disproves one of the things. So it's like, oh, so is it going to be this other thing? And then there's the sort of hints that, like, just before the sort of reveal that, like, oh, yeah, this is this thing, but the film kind of makes you question that and sort of has things happen that are like, oh, so... Did that actually happen? No. Well, then that can't have happened, can it? And then you find out later, everything is not as it seems. And then the thing you sort of rule out in your head as happening did actually happen. You're like, oh, damn, son. Um, I really liked how the film 
<clears throat> I mean, we covered it pretty extensively in uh, my review of the year episodes, one of the longer discussions, but it was really, really good. And um, it's definitely Edgar Wright's least funny film. Like, it's not, like, I don't, I don't think many people went in expecting a comedy. I certainly did. I was like, it's going to be a horror film by Edgar Wright. I can't wait. But it's outstanding. It's probably his... Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's a phenomenal film. <clears throat> uh, and yeah, no, it's really, really good. So go see it if you haven't already. You'll hopefully like it. Then, then I saw Spider-Man No Way Home. Now, I covered this also very extensively in my review of the year episode. And I unfortunately had something spoiled for me. But it was kind of something I was that it was sort of a bit obvious. I kind of was like, well, I kind of figure that's sort of going to be a thing. I'm going to try and be a spoiler free. Well, I go about it in my review of the year. But it's my favorite film of the year. Uh, and actually, at the end of this episode, I will give you guys my top ten, just in case you missed my um, review of the year episode, because it's a very it's a very long episode, probably my longest I've ever done, and maybe will ever do. Who knows? Um, yeah, No Way Home was a uh, fantastic one, of, probably my best theater experience ever. We had people cheering and applauding at moments. You know, people were like every joke landed. You know, it was it wasn't like those people who go to cinemas and they're cheering at everything like whoa credits and they're you know, clapping when you see like you know the marvel logo appear like or you know when you see like a character that you know is gonna that you know is gonna be in the film it's just like whatever you know it's just like and i i i the spoiler i found out i was kicking myself because i had i could have seen it the day before uh on the 16th so I saw it the day after it came out, and I was like, I had no problem seeing it, but I kind of thought in my head, like, hmm, I could go see it today, and then I just couldn't for reasons. I, w I you know, didn't really have a way to get there, and I wasn't, and I was told, like, oh, but why would you do that? And I was like, I guess that makes sense, but I had a spoiler for it, and I kind of got upset about it, but at the end of the day, it's like, it's a movie, you know, and I, and I, you know, I had that with Endgame too. I had it spoiled that, um, that Tony dies at the end, which again was something I kind of figured would happen and was pretty obviously going to happen, but, you know, it's still not. But it was still a great experience and my, f yeah, favourite film of the year. Then I watched the South Park films, post -co South Park post-COVID and South Park post-COVID, The Return of COVID. Both of which were pretty solid. I I don't know how often it has come up on this show, though I'm a very big South Park fan. But again, these were both covered in my review of the year episode. They were, you know, very good. Very solid films that I had a very good time with because South Park is you know incredibly solid it's 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 you know it's hard to hate on South Park because it's like it's just it's South Park you know and 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 South Park is you know a continuously you know good show you know I haven't watched all of it yet but I've watched you know a, a decent portion and I know a lot of stuff 
and uh, yeah, I do recommend that you check them out, uh, just in case, y you know, because you might like them, who knows, it is, you know, a, you know, really good films that I do recommend you see, because it's, you know, it's pretty much the best of South Park. And yeah, uh, and Return of COVID is the better film. And we have The French Dispatch, again, covered in Marivier, a solid Wes Anderson film. I'm not the biggest fan. I mean, I, I liked Grand Budapest Hotel, as I covered, uh, was it last, it must have been last month, and Fantastic with the Fox was also really solid. But I didn't think it was particularly amazing, and maybe Wes Anderson's status doesn't work for me. Um, very well shot, very good production design, but it wasn't like the most, you know, brilliant film. Then I, we had Coda, again, covered that uh, extent more, a little more extensively in my review of the year episode. A fan, a really, really good film, and it had a, yeah, it, it, was, it was a really good film. I felt... You know, Amelia, Amelia Jones, who was the lead in it, was fantastic. And it was, you know, <clears throat> nice to see her. You know, like, she's like she's a... I'm trying to sort of figure out... Well, she's, like, 19. She's, like, like a year older than I am. And she's already, you know, this phenomenal actress. So if she's doing good now, she'll be amazing when she's, like, in her 30s. And also, there's gonna be also Troy Kotzer and Molly Matlin are also really solid in it. And uh, yeah, it's really it, it's a really solid film, and I do recommend you check it out if you get a chance to see it. Then I watched Coda covered. Again, in my review of the year episode, uh, phenomenal. No, not phenomenal. I don't know why I said phenomenal. Uh, yeah, it's it's a fine film. I think people lauding it as a masterpiece of insane, and people saying it's like really crap, but also equally insane. It's a solid film. Again, I cover it in the review of the year episode. It's it's decent. Uh, it it does go on for a bit, and I kind of was a bit confused at points, and kind of felt like some of the characters were a bit. Meh. But, you know, other than that, it's a, you know, a solid, a decent film. Then I rewatched Spider-Man No Way Home, because it's Spider-Man No Way Home. I was gonna, I was gonna go, I was gonna watch it again, because it's brilliant. Uh, Clock, then I watched A Clockwork Orange for the very first time. Jesus Christ, I might have to do a, pro a proper episode on it, because there's so much to talk about. But, uh, needless to say, I thought it was really good the i um the only kind of problems i had with it were i didn't really care i i don't really care for all the violence in it it does feel like at a point there's just sort of violence for the sake of it and yeah, it was sort of like, nah. and I thought the guy who played Frank, who's the 
a guy whose wife gets assaulted and killed by Alex and his mate Droogs. Yeah, it's... <clears throat> and it's... Yeah, it's just... It's a lot to say about it, but I might sort of save my thoughts for a proper episode of this podcast to really go into depth with it. Then I, I rewatched Die Hard because it's Die Hard. I don't really feel like I need to say much. It's Die Hard. It's amazing. It's a masterpiece. It's one of the best. It's arguably the best action film ever made and one of my all-time favorite films. Alan Rickman is was a phenomenal actor. May he rest in peace. And, um... Yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. That was completely unnecessary. <clears throat> and I watched Encanto, uh, which I talked about on the Review of the Year episode. Really, really enjoyable film. It's, it's probably been the first Disney film since 2016, which was when Moana and Zootopia came out that I've really sort of cared about a Disney film and was really like, oh, oh this is amazing like Pixar has always been great you know and and then like yeah he's just it's pretty much like you know it's very much a um it's just sort of a <coughs> sorry it's it's very much a film that's just, it's very light, and sort of, you know, you know, it's a very solid film, I, I thought the, sorry, I'm just sort of trying to sort of think about how to sort of phrase my thoughts on this, I guess, the songs in it were really great too, I thought, uh, Surface Pressure and We Don't, We Don't Talk About Bruno, in particular were outstanding songs and uh, if you ha just go listen to the songs if you haven't seen the film and if you like those songs you will probably like the film because they're very well written because it's 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 basically the best of Lin-Manuel Miranda but it's not like his Hamilton shit it's like his Moana shit that's the best way to put it it's 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 more like Moana than it is Hamilton. If you don't like Hamilton, but you like Moana, you'll probably like them. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. <clears throat> After that was being the Ricardos, the new Aaron Sorkin film. Uh, it was it was it was solid. It's Aaron Sorkin. He's a solid filmmaker. Uh, he, like he's a decent director, a very good scriptwriter. I'm not too familiar with the history on Lucille Ball and the I Love Lucy show, but I thought it was a f perfectly adequate perf a very a rather good film <clears throat> uh there's not really much to talk about it's just an Ar another aaron sorkin joint um but yeah I, I do recommend you check it out if you like aaron sorkin with and nicole kidman and javier bardem and i watched titan uh i didn't like it <laughs> i thought it was um I, I don't want to really say anything. I kind of want you guys to go watch it if you haven't seen it and make your own thoughts. It it feels to me like a film that really revels in violence and sort of exploits it. Not exploits it, that's not the correct word, but like uses violence and sort of shows like, look how cool this violence is, you know, and sort of it goes way too far at points. 
and I really didn't care for it. And I know there's going to be some people who love this film who think I'm wrong, but I didn't really care for it. I didn't really care with it. I didn't care. I thought it was a bit crap, honestly. But you know, go watch it and go get your go. You know, have your thoughts on it. Uh, and then the final two films I watched were two Charlie Chaplin films. I planned to watch more, but I got sick and I didn't have the time to watch them. Uh, the Kid and A Woman of Paris, colon, A Drama of Fate. The Kid, uh, pretty much one of the sort of quintessential Charlie Chaplin films. It's one of the ones, it's like up there with Modern Time, you know, Modern Time, City Lights, Gold Rush, Great Dictator. The... Those are pretty much the ones you need to see. Uh, yeah, it was a surprisingly emotional film, and I really got into sort of the relationship between the tramp and the kid. And I thought it had a really nice sort of cute ending. Uh, Woman of Paris, John Favorite was interesting. Very interesting film. Uh, if, you f can, if you can find it somewhere and go watch it, I do recommend you check it out, because it's a certainly an interesting film to watch. And it's definitely got some interesting bits to talk about, but I just thought it was a bit... It was solid, you know, it was a fine film. It's not really much to talk about. And that is everything that I watched this past month. So I'm going to give you a... So at the end of the year, I watched 225 films in the year, which I think is pretty good. Like, that's a pretty solid year of film watching. And, uh, yeah... I watched a lot of films, some stuff I'd seen before, and then I watched a ton of new stuff too. So, I'm going... So, yeah. A lot of really good stuff. Some bad stuff too. Or I, I, I'm going to try and sort of make a bit of a conscious effort to, you know, if I see something bad, a bad film to watch, I'll probably watch it, because it, you know... And you need to watch bad films and good films. And, yeah, so before I wrap this episode up, I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of my top ten films of the year if you missed out on my review of the year episode. So my top ten films of the year. King Richard, The Return of Co South Park Post-Covid, The Return of Covid, No Time to Die, The Suicide Squad, Coda, Tick Tick Boom, Last Night in Soho, Nobody, Bo Burnham Inside, and Spider-Man No Way Home. So that is my top 10 films of the year, and that is the very first episode of this podcast for the year of 2022. So thank you all uh, for tuning in and listening to this week's episode, and on Monday I've got a very special episode with an ep episode I had planned a while back to record. I got, I got that recorded yesterday, so I'll edit that over the weekend, and that episode will be out to you all on Monday. I hope you all have a great weekend, and I will see you guys in the next one. Bye.